I pray that you've been blessed by weeks one through three of Burned Out, physical, spiritual, emotional, and I pray that today as we wrap it up, uh, we pull it together, the four legs of the stool uh, are blessed in your life as you live for God so that you can thrive and not burn out as we dig into relational. And I don't know what your choice uh, or genre is, maybe it's based on your age, uh, what shows you've resonated with throughout your life, but if you've watched television at all over the course of the last 40 or so years, some of the most popular shows of all time reveal how important today's topic is. Like if you're a little bit older, it might have been Cheers that was your cup of tea. Uh, if you're like me, you hung out with your friends in the basement of your dormitory uh, and, and watched Seinfeld in the 90s. If you're a little bit younger, or now that Netflix allows you to, or whatever it's on, allows you to watch anything and everything, your jam might be friends. And I think those shows are also popular. Every decade or so, a new one comes out that resonates with the next generation of people because we understand how important people are in our life. Like what all those have in common, ever since TV, shows, movies have been produced and created, is the power and importance of relationships. Like, it's why many of you have gone onto Facebook or some other place and taken the friends survey to see which one you are. Like, and how that plays out and what that looks like and what that means. We all know the, the need for, the power of, the, the reality of relationships being a vital part and link in our life. And that's why we're going to talk about it as a part of the four legs of the stool to, to deal with and face burnout and, and not go down the path, we've talked about that the last few weeks, of, of compromise, compensate, and crash. In fact, I, I would actually argue that today, of all four of the weeks, might be the most important. And before you start throwing tomatoes at me or walking out of here because you know as a Christian, spiritual has to be the most important let me tell you why I believe this to be true. Like physically, spiritually, and emotionally, all those things are important. We've talked about them the last few weeks. But when you add the fourth leg, what holds it up and what is so interdependent, while the others are so interdependent upon it, like to be spiritually resilient sometimes requires you to have relationship. Like to be emotionally resilient and not burn out probably requires you at times to have other people, relationships in your life to help see you through it. Physically, I know this to be true. Like when you're trying to carry things out in your home to make better decisions and better choices, to have accountability, having people and relationships in your life can bless you. Which is why I believe this to be true today and why it's the most important. Because on the other side of it, I also know what can happen it can cause the whole stool to crumble. Which is why instead of giving you the path to burnout again, you know, comp uh, compromise, compensate, and crash, I want you to see how along the way that path to burnout is influenced by relationships. Which is why I want to call today the wild card of the series. Like the burnout wild card, the, the thing that uh, is in play today is Relationships. Because they can go one of two ways. Like, I know this to be true in my life, and you probably do too. 
Like if you've ever played cards, if you've ever played poker, if you've ever played different varieties of it, you can have the worst hand ever, like a three, a five, a six, and a seven, and they're mismatched uh, different varieties and suits, but if you're playing jacks or wild and you get a jack, you now have a straight. It goes from garbage to pretty good. Like wild cards, when it comes to relationships, can, can bless you, can benefit you, can, can make things better. And yet sometimes relationships are wild cards. And here's what I mean by that. You know in your life, in your world, the circle you walk in, that person that you've referred to as a wild card. Like that person at work who you don't know what you're going to get from one day to the next. <laughs> like what word is going to come out of their mouth? What attitude are they going to have? What, are, am I going to get the good version, the bad version, or the oh my goodness version? Like for some of you, the wild card is family. Like when you show up at a family event, when it might be a sibling, it might be a parent, it, it, it might be an in-law, it, it might be someone else who's the wild card. And not in a good way. It might be in a bad way. That instead of refreshing you, they might exhaust you. That instead of spiritually blessing you, they might spiritually lead you away from God. That emotionally they might not build you up and help support you. They might rather sit with you in a bowl of ice cream and ruminate and get bitter rather than better. Like relationships, when it comes to burnout, can be wild cards. They can go down the good road and the blessings or they can go down the bad road and the burnout. And that's why I I pray that you will listen today because I think it's vital and important to have a strong four-legged stool all on level ground so that we don't face burnout. And relationships play a huge part in it. And while I said it's also the most important week, in my opinion, it's probably going to be the hardest week to preach. Because some of you right now are burning out or nearing burnout. You're compromising, you're compensating because of relationships that you need to address and deal with. I'm not saying this easy. I'm not saying there won't be challenges, but the circle you're walking in, the friendships that you have, the relationships that that are in your life are not good or they need to be better. There are some of you right now who relationally are burning out because you are too relationally connected and, and overwhelmed. Like some of you have strengths in this area and some of you are very weak in this area. Some people have to be pushed and need relationships because they isolate too much, but some people over-relationship. Like if you have Wu as one of your strengths, you you love people, you want more people, you have a big circle of people, you want to talk to all the people and it might burn you out. You need to shrink it in order to, to be refreshed by it. There are some of you who are high in empathy. And empathy people are amazing people in your life and in the world. They will listen to anybody and everybody. They will give you 30 minutes of time to just cry and to weep and to talk. And then they'll go to the next person to do the same thing. If you are high in empathy, you love people, you let people pour out on you. But eventually, if you don't 
address it. You can only do so much of it. You will burn out. Like whatever your strengths are, whatever direction you're inclined to go, wherever you're at on the roadmap today, and maybe you got this all figured out, odds are good you don't, and it can get better, I'm glad you're here because I believe relational resilience and relationships are so important to burn out, to keep us from it, and to know what we need to do so we don't have the wild card that takes us down that path because of relationships. So today I have for you a few truths and then a takeaway. It's going to be very practical, very real, very biblical, uh, and, and there's a whole lot about this that, that I want you to hold on to, but my goal is that you take something away today and apply it to your life in the year ahead so that you can be blessed, that you can find relationships to help you avoid burnout and be resilient. And here's the first truth that, that we need to understand about this topic. It's very simple, but it's also vital and important and foundational to the reason why we've included in this series and the role it plays. The creator, in week one we talked about, the creator created us with limits, but the creator also created us to be relational. Like when people say they don't need it, uh, when people say it's not essential, when people say it's not that important as the other three, no, when you go back to the garden, when everything was perfect, uh, when there were no highs and lows, no sin in the world, God created us to be relational. Genesis chapter 2 says this, Now, this is day six. God's made everything. He's already created Adam. The Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. God understood that doing life together was better than doing life alone. God, in his perfect creation, designed the first primary uh, centerpiece relationship for life, for husband and and wife. God, God designed us to be relational. Like the creator created you and me. That was the perfect world. He said it wasn't good for Adam to be alone. And not only did God create the world that way, not only did he speak those words telling us it's true, the rest of the Bible reveals that the creator created us to be relational. Like we need other people at different times for different things and they can bless us, they can refresh us, they can help us. Like, think of Moses as the Israelites are in the desert and they're fighting the war and every time Moses' hands went down when he couldn't hold them up, because that was what God called them to do to, to have victory, as they were dropping, the enemy got stronger, but when they were in the air, the Israelites were winning and, and eventually, hold your hands up long enough, you and I will, will drop them. So you, you know what Aaron did for Moses? He, he held up Moses' arms. Or think about Jonathan the rightful king, like Saul's son. And you know who his best friend was? The one God said was going to be the next king. And Jonathan didn't get bitter. He was better. He didn't seek to to destroy. Instead, he wanted to refresh and bless his friend. He protected David, kept him from harm and danger. He loved him. Like friendships are are part of how God designed us to be blessed. And the Bible's filled with examples of it, perhaps no greater than not just the created created us to be relational, but the creator who was created and took on human flesh understood it. Like perhaps no greater example of how the creator created us to be relational is found in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, in the Garden of Gethsemane. They went to a place called Gethsemane. This is Maundy Thursday, the night before Jesus died. He had just spent an amazing uh, time in the upper room with his disciples instituting the Lord's Supper. 
They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, his 12, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them, stay here and keep watch. Like he took the 12 with him to the garden in his hour of, uh, of emotional struggle and challenge. And then he went a little further away to pray to God to be spiritually resilient. And you know what he did? He didn't do it alone. He took his inner circle, his closest three, the ones he invested and poured out into, right alongside of him and said, stay here, stay with me, be by my side, pray with me. Like, that's the creator who was created, true God and true man, celebrating the need and acknowledging the need of relationship. So, so I don't want to undermine it. We need to understand it. I want you to, to celebrate it. But in order for there not to be burnout, in order for us to be resilient, we need to understand that week number one we talked about we have limits and boundaries. What does that look like for us in relationships and what's going to guide the decisions we make and bless us relationally so that we don't burn out? That's what I'm going to give to you next in light of that truth. Which leads to this truth. Because we're designed relationally, we're going to look at two truths, strong and healthy, that God longs for us to have in relationships, strong relationships and healthy ones. And here's why strong relationships matter. Strong relationships are vital. They're vital for the other three legs of the stool. The emotional the spiritual and the physical, as we've talked about over the last few weeks. Strong relationships are vital for emotional, spiritual, and physical resilience. There's interdependence. They, they play off of each other. It's the wild card factor. And you want strong ones so that you can be physically, spiritually, emotionally well-being. Now, any expert, uh, any psychologist, any person who studies uh, relationships in, in, in our world would tell you Strong relationships are vital for physical and emotional well-being. Here's a quote from Psychology Today uh, and some research that reinforces it. Strong friendships, relationships, are a critical aspect of most people's emotional well-being. They can bolster against loneliness, decrease anxiety, and improve one's physical health, physical and emotional. When it comes to establishing a friendship, a relationship, The quality of time spent together proves more important than the quantity of time. I would argue both are important, but quality is vital and important. It's not necessary to form a large network of friends. Actually, research shows that sustaining just a few close relationships, friendships, can provide tremendous benefit. Research shows that you can't be friends with everyone. Research shows that having a few close relationships blesses you more than having a whole lot of ones that have no depth. Relationship experts will tell you that the quality of the relationship is far more important than necessarily just the quantity of time. And they will reinforce to you physically and emotionally, they're vital. And so does the Bible. I mean, the Bible reinforces that strong relationships are vital for physical, spiritual, and emotional well-being. And I just want you to see 
what that looks like to have a strong relationship and why it's beneficial. Wisdom words from the book of Proverbs have a lot to say about relationships. Here's a, a machine gun, so to speak, approach. Five passages. I want you to just highlight and think about the things that, what does it look like to have a strong relationship, a healthy relationship based on God's word? If he designed us to be relational, what kind of relationships should I be looking for? If, if a few are better, what should I be looking for in those few? I can be friendly with a lot of people. Like, I think I can be friendly-ish with our church family, but I can't be friends, preferred companions with everyone in our church. So what does it look like? What should I be looking for in the people that I surround myself with in my circle? Proverbs 12 says this, The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. If you want to have strong relationships that bless you physically, spiritually, emotionally, choose your friends wisely. Because if, if they're righteous, they'll lead you to God. If they're righteous, they'll give you godly advice. If they are wicked, if they are bad, they will, they will bring you down. Like they can refresh you or they can exhaust you. They can refine you or they can ruin you. Like who's in your circle and who are you picking? Are they righteous? It's probably an important piece. Proverbs 17, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity. When it comes to friendship and relationship, the, the blessing to us emotionally, the blessing to us physically, the blessing to us spiritually is real. In this life, we will have troubles. A friend is there and doesn't run. You will be blessed. It's vital to have this kind of person in your life, the Bible says, God says. Proverbs 18, a one who has unreliable friends soon comes to a ruin. But there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. You can't pick your family. Like, you got born into it. And there are parts of family that you should maybe consider as a part of today's series of, of how you deal with people who exhaust you or areas where you need to work at. And that friendship needs to be bolstered because it is vital and central to your life. And, and, and you want to have that kind of friendship. Like, that's true and that's good. But, but sometimes it's the friends, the others who are, are more like family. What they bring to the table is they're there in thick and thin, good and bad, highs and lows. That's what a strong relationship looks like that blesses you physically, spiritually, emotionally. Proverbs 27, perfume and incense bring joy to the heart. The aroma is, uh, it, it brings joy. It's pleasurable. And the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. Like a friend who gives you godly advice in your spiritual life, who gives you godly advice when you need emotional strength to avoid burnout, when, when you need godly guidance and encouragement from a physical perspective, all those things are found in a friend as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Like, do your friends help refine you, sharpen you, make you stronger? Or are they dulling you spiritually? Are they draining you emotionally? Are they physically not refreshing you? Like, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. The people in your life should be people who sharpen you and bless you and refresh you, build you up, correct you, all those things. That's what it looks like. A, vi a, a, a strong relationship is vital for spiritual, emotional, and physical well-being. And that's what it looks like. And you know what God says about strong and healthy relationships? What the Bible wants us to know about strong and healthy relationships? Healthy relationships are a gift 
from God. They are a gift. Like God gives us so many gifts. At the top of the list is the most amazing gift, a relationship with him through Jesus Christ our Lord. He gives us other spiritual gifts, forgiveness, new life, salvation. Heaven is, is ours. And on the list of gifts, you should count your relationships and your friends. Strong and healthy relationships are a gift from God. To not be minimized, to not be overlooked, to be harnessed and chosen and, and prioritized in our life. Because they'll make us happier. They'll make us healthier. And that's what God wants for you and for me this side of heaven as much as possible in a sinful world. Like this gift that a healthy relationship is is found in Ecclesiastes chapter 4. And I want to share this verse because at the end of it is an important piece to what a healthy and strong relationship requires. Now many of you maybe have heard this verse. Maybe some of you had it read at your wedding. It's not a, a marriage text. It's not a, necessarily a marriage section of the scripture. It's a relational uh, uh, section that, that speaks to the blessing and gift that relationships are from God. There was a man who was all alone. He had neither son nor brother. Relationships were lacking. There was no end to his toil. He probably had compromised. Uh, he had definitely, and was definitely compensating. For whom am I toiling, he asked, and why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This too is a meaningless and a miserable business. If I have nobody and I have all the things that I, my heart might desire financially, I'm still missing out. Healthy relationships, strong relationships are a gift from God. They are vital. The writer Solomon, the wisest man maybe who ever lived, acknowledged. And this is why that's the case. Two are better than one. Why? Because they have a good return for their labor. Why? Because if either of them falls down, one can help them up. There's assistance. There's provision. Also, why? If two lie down together, they will keep warm. There's the blessing of companionship and closeness Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. There's protection. Like all sorts of blessings, gifts from God that, that relationships can bring. You can see why it applies to marriage, the closeness of that relationship. But here's why this text is oftentimes chosen for wedding days and marriages, because it reveals an important principle that's vital to strong and healthy relationships. Two is better than one, but three is greater than two. A cord of three strands is not easily broken, Solomon said. The implications and the, the takeaway for marriage is the two of you woven together are better. Companionship, assistance, all those things. Relationships are, are better. To doing life together is better. But you can have strong and healthy relationships, ones that will stand the test of time when Jesus is woven in as the third strand. And I need you to see that when you are considering your relationships, the ones you are investing in, the ones you are thinking about, the ones that are wild cards in your life, are they more likely to refresh you and restore you because Jesus is front and center in their life? Are they there to, to support you and encourage you and speak life into your relationship because you need to hear words that might be tough at times and also tender at times? Are, are they there and, and is Jesus there? Is he woven into your relationship, a relationship without Jesus with another person, it can be good, and you can get by, but it's not maximized. And so here's what I want you to think about strong and healthy relationships. As, as you apply these principles to your life, they're a gift from God. They're vital. God designed us to be relational. 
God wants you and I to have strong and healthy relationships, and here's what that takes. Here's what those passages reinforced. Here's what I believe you need to think about in your relationships as maybe you narrow them and shrink them or as you add to your relationship circle because you need this and you're missing it. Here's the things that I want you to think about. Time plus work plus Jesus equals a strong and healthy relationship, and those are not in order of priority. You all know which one needs to be there, no questions asked, Jesus. But strong and healthy relationships take time. They just do. Everyone who has a strong relationship, might say, a lot of people would say to you, we just hit it off right away. We were like best friends on day one. I would say, probably baloney. You hit it off, you kind of like them, but the time that you spent with them is what forged that relationship. Their commitment to you, their candor with you, their consistency for you developed and, and happened over time. And relationships take work if they want to be strong and healthy. Like God wants you to do the, the work, the tough work, the good work, the, the hard work, the beneficial work which involves conversations, which involves activities, which involves a whole lot of things. Like those are the kind of friends that God wants you to have, that God wants you to be time plus work plus Jesus, that, that thread woven in will lead to a strong and healthy relationship. And so I don't know where it is in your world relationally. Are, are you overextended right now and you need to shrink them down? Do you need to add someone to the mix to bless you spiritually because you need a friend who is more like Jesus and brings that to the table. I, I don't know where you're at, but I want you to look at those words, time plus effort plus Jesus equals strong and healthy relationships and desire that. And then do that by doing this. Like it's the takeaway that I want our church to have coming out of this series. To relationally not burn out, to not let those wild cards be wild and bad, but to be wild cards in a good way to bless us, refresh us, benefit us spiritually, physically, and emotionally. Here's the takeaway I, I want you to think about. Wisely invest in relationships that refresh. If those take time and they take work, understand that you can't be a friend to everybody. If they take time and they take work, which ones are the most important and become the priority in your life? And choose to wisely invest in relationships that refresh. And that's why if any of you send me an email or text me on a Friday and say, hey, pastor, can we get together today? I have some things I want to bounce off of you. I'm going to say no. And that's not because I, I don't love you because I love my wife. And I'm going to wisely invest in that relationship because it is the most refreshing relationship to me. She blesses me. She speaks candidly with me. I enjoy spending time with her. We like doing a lot of the same things together. So I choose to wisely invest in that relationship. I will pick that one over just about anyone. And there might be a time when, when I have a, a guy's getaway night, but there will never be a time where I have a guy's getaway week. Like, I love my dude friends, 
but I'm going to wisely invest in that relationship. And you might say, well, pastor, yeah, duh, it's your wife, you should. There are some of you here who need to hear you should. Like this relationship will bless your life more than any other relationship, husbands and wives. Find someone who loves Jesus. Be someone who works. Give them time. Which is why in my life sometimes this changes and it will in yours. I'm going to wisely invest in relationships that refresh so you know that there will be times when instead of getting together with friends on a Friday or doing activities with, with others, I will choose the two and a half year old little sweet girl called Ada Page. Because my wife will say, she's the only thing that makes you smile like that. That refreshes me. No offense, more than time with some of you. And that's okay. I have a circle of about five couples that Holly and I spend time with. They, they bless our life in different ways. Sometimes we are in a larger group and sometimes it's just one couple and there are many of you who have said, Pastor, we'd like to hang out with you. And I say, I'd like to hang out with you too, but I probably won't ever go that deep with you because I don't have that much time. I want you to have that, but it might not be me. Like, that's what it looks like for me. I have guys and pastors in my life because my wife can't provide everything. Ada can't provide everything. Other couples can't who can give me the things I need spiritually, physically, and emotionally. What does that look like for you? Who is that for you? Be content with wisely investing in relationships that refresh you. You will not be disappointed. Healthy relationships are a gift from God. He will bless them and you will thrive and it will help you avoid burnout. Which is why I want to share one more passage with you. Like, Where's the motivation? What's the why behind wisely investing? The one who invested in you. Like Jesus came down, the created took on human flesh so that you and I could have an eternal relationship with God and be in relationship with one another forever. Like don't let that be lost on you. Like if you failed as a friend or if you've got friends that have failed you, Jesus is the only friend, the ultimate friend who will always let you in. He will never let you down. You have that relationship. Make that strong and let that be healthy and you will be blessed and not only you, but you will be blessed in relationships with others. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. God has brought you into relationship with him. Praise God. The love of God is known by you. And since God so loved us, here's why I, we need to do this. Wisely invest in relationships that refresh. We also ought to love one another. It's our opportunity to live you first. It's our opportunity to bless and refresh others. It's our opportunity to, to let Jesus shine. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us. When, when you have healthy, strong relationships, and as a Christian, if that thread is woven in there, God is at work in you, and his love is made complete. You are blessing others, and you are being blessed in those relationships because of that relationship. Which is why I thank God for the people who have invested in me. They've given their time to, to bless me. They've been relationships that are gifts from God. And when I say that, I think about him. Like I met him when I was 14. We met on the first day of school. My parents sent me off to MLS, a boarding school in Michigan. I had one person from my 
couple from my class in, in, in Columbus at St. Paul's that went there. My best friend was there, but I knew nobody else. My first day of school ended with trying out for football practice, and, and that's when he walked in. We both got sent over to the offensive line area because we were bigger than most, and that seemed like the logical place for the slow guys. And if you asked me after day one, if we would ever have been friends, I would have said, well, I probably would have said it differently as a 14-year-old, but I would have said, no. Like, he was the most annoying, talkative, exhausting person I have ever met in my life. And yet, for some reason, God kept weaving us together. We never lived together or roomed together for 12 years of school. It is the only friend and classmate from high school, college, and the seminary that I still talk to. In some ways, besides the grace of God, he might be the reason why I'm still married today and still a pastor. And I viewed that as a gift. And I miss my friend. I don't spend quantity time with my friend. But it's the love of God that inspired him to remain a friend and work at it and take time at it that I, I thank God for. Like, I thank God for Ski. Like, he's been a blessing in my life for 36 years. He's known me longer than anybody but my mom and dad and siblings. And relationships like that take work. But healthy relationships like that will bless you spiritually, emotionally, and physically because they are gifts from God. Wisely invest in relationships that refresh. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, like I thank you for our church family. But we're so big that we got to do life with others, which is why I pray for our church family. Like whether in life groups or other relationships, whether it's their family and, and their marriage and their kids or people at work, I pray, Lord, that we can all find people who have you in their life, that third strand, and and that might be woven in our relationships. And, and I know when it is, Lord, we will be blessed. Those will be gifts. We will be blessed spiritually, physically, and emotionally. Lord, we need those re that kind of relationships, and you designed us to be relational. So I pray for our church, Lord, that our members might find it, that maybe we have to realize that addition might be by subtraction, that we might have to reconsider some relationships or restructure them in order to understand that time and, and work are, are needed so that we can pour into the ones that will bless us most. So I pray for that for all of us. Give us wisdom and courage to look for people uh, who, who live the love of Jesus, who will bless us in our lives. Healthy and strong relationships, Lord. We know our blessing that you long for us to have. I pray that you bless our church, uh, knowing that you will because of the ultimate relationship that you have with us and the victory that you won for us.